Yeah, I feel like something that I'm gonna have to deal with like for a really long time. And like the only thing that I can really do is like just constantly advocate for myself and um, put myself out there and like make sure that I'm not, you know, being disrespected or, or treated differently. This is Neem Talks Race, episode four of the interview series. Today, I talked with Ahlam and Zara to learn more about the impact of stereotypes in black and brown communities, particularly towards women and people who have a, who people who come from a immigrant, immigrant background. Hope you enjoy listening. So thank you for joining me today. We're going to talk about the impact of stereotypes for by POC women in particular. And I'm Tisneem. I use she, her pronouns. I identify as Arab or brown. Zara, you can go. I'm Zara. I use she, her pronouns. And I also identify as Middle Eastern and uh, a brown woman of color. Um. I'm Ahlam, I use she pronouns, and I identify as Somali or Black. Great. So one of the first things I wanted to talk about was just to kind of get people familiar with that are listening as to like what stereotypes are relevant in their life in particular. Because so, I know a lot of people, they may have stereotypes already or they might not know about others that we see so if anyone wants to start on that go ahead um well I can start um well first I want to clarify that the um that'll be mainly talking about the black immigrant experience because um and like also like you know being Somali like the stereotypes within that um and not about like being Black American or African American just because I'm not, like, that's not my culture and, like, the struggles are kind of different. I think some of the stereotypes that exist for being Somali or, like, being a Black immigrant is, like, being uneducated, not being able to speak English or to be able to write well, um, not being successful, and, like, a common, like, Somali one is, like, you know, pirates and like being like thugs or like savages and then um another common one is like being is like being somalis also like associated with like terrorism and like being a terrorist um mainly because like um like a lot of somalis are also muslim um or like visibly muslim so and like there's also like you know a lot of you know stuff going on in Somalia that I guess um, gives the, well, not just like a lot of stuff going on there, but like even like with the travel ban, and, like politically, like Somalia is usually associated with like terrorism, like terrorist groups. Um, and I think personally, like some experiences, um, personal experiences that I've had um, when it comes to like stereotypes, is well something that's pretty common is like people being really surprised that I can speak English really well um because there's also like this assumption that like I'm a refugee or I mean my family like migrated here like in the 19 
95 so like my family like they were refugees and you know they're immigrants but I was actually born here um me and my twin brother and my little brother were the only ones in our family that were born here so yeah so like we can speak like English pretty well and we're also like me and my twin brother were also really good writers and like people just get really shocked by that like especially in school um like teachers like I've had like professors like I don't be like really shocked about like how well I can write um I like also like my sister like she's been accused of plagiarism I don't know if, I don't know if I said that right but she's been accused of plagiarism in grad school just because she was able to write so well um so yeah like just like those kinds of like experiences are definitely like perpetuated by stereotypes yeah for sure I definitely relate to some of the more um stereotypes you mentioned more so about like the immigrant background Um, yeah I would get a lot of comments especially by like my teachers like they would be surprised to hear that I was born here like they mm-hmm. all just assumed I was like born out of the US or born wherever my parents came from. And yeah. I was really confused by yeah. that. I never understood like where that came from. And I was like, yeah. okay, I get it if it's like my name, but like I feel like I'm like everyone else here. Like I don't know what's that different. But sometimes I do have my moments where I could like really I could see where people get that from. But Yeah. Yeah, yeah I get that a lot too. Yeah, like, a lot of people always ask, like, oh, where were you born, or where are you from, and they almost, like, expect, like, it's not going to be Oregon, or not going to be even America, and when I say, like, Oregon, you know, with my perfect American accent, they usually get really confused, which doesn't make much sense to me, because I'm very Americanized, like, compared to my immigrant family, I'm super, super American, and anywhere else that I would go, they would think I was American, too, you know? So I think that's really interesting. Um, just speaking on like the stereotypes that I go through, it's actually pretty unique because I live in a place where they don't really know Middle Eastern people. Like I'm the only Middle Eastern person in my whole town, probably. So often I get a lot of stereotypes that are like, you know, anti-Latinx, even though that's actually not what I am or what I, you know, like, even adhere to that culture. Like, I don't speak Spanish. That's nothing, you know, not part of me at all. But I get a lot of, like, anti-immigrant sentiment in that way, speaking of Mexican Americans or Mexican immigrants rather than Middle Eastern immigrants, which is, you know, also as bad. But it's just interesting because it's almost like, twofold I'm not even seen as what I actually am and then there's also racism but not even towards my own people aimed at me it's really interesting in terms of the stereotypes do you think there's like a difference um within like your community as to how those stereotypes are kind of used towards women versus how the stereotypes in like white America function towards your community Because I definitely think there's, like, a difference and a similarity between, like, the Arab community and the way they use stereotypes to reinforce, like, the lower status of, like, women in most countries and, like, lack of education, Mm -hmm. etc. 
even within the own community, but then when you go to like white America, those stereotypes are also reinforced in a different way to like make it seem like, oh, Arab women are like submissive, quiet. Oh like, yeah. Have any rights, like those sorts of things. So I was just wondering if you notice like a difference within like how your community maybe like treats those stereotypes or like maybe yeah. defends women, you know? Right. Well, I. I think that's maybe also a contributing factor of why people think I'm maybe Latina is because there is that stereotype of like Arab and Middle Eastern women being really quiet and reserved and not wearing, you know, provocative, quote unquote, provocative clothes and such. And because I am louder, more outspoken, uh, more willing to stand up for my communities, you know, uh, by people of color communities and stuff like that. I think that they see that stereotyped more as like Latinx and black communities as the women being like loud. Whereas Middle Eastern women are seen as quiet and docile, you know? So I think that it's just a, it's like equally harmful, but I think that it's just very different. Yeah, what about you, Ahlam? Do you notice like a way, a difference in how like the Somali community or like treats um like Somali women with with like stereotyping and how maybe like white America at large maybe views Somali women yeah I definitely feel like recently like maybe like in the past I don't know like three four years the stereotypes about Somali women like has changed just because there's been more um media presence like a little bit more media presence and representation of Somali women like being like models and like and you know it's like kind of like being like educated and like outspoken but i do feel like there's the stereotypes within the Somali community especially towards smaller women can be really toxic and degrading in some ways and it makes it really difficult for Somali women to to like I don't know, like, I guess, like, to prosper and, like, to kind of, like, a lot of, like, the norms because, like, there's kind of, like, the struggle between, I don't know, there's a lot of, like, issues, like, within, like, the Somali community and, like, how they, I don't know, I guess how they, what they want, like, for the Somali women in a way, like, does that make sense? Like, yeah. Like for ex- like for example, like kind of like what Zahara said, like there's like I feel like from American stereotype, like also like the Somali um, community stereotype, where like Somali women are supposed to be like quiet and like yeah, like very quiet and like submissive. So like those like both exist within both, like I guess within yeah, both like within the Somali community and like the American um, stereotype. So yeah, so I guess like there is kind of a difference, but like also like I don't know. Yeah, they're pretty similar. I just, I feel like yeah, they're pretty similar, and I also think that like there's also been like a huge like shift like recently, like in the past few years. Um, I've definitely seen like more notable Somali women in media for sure. I'm thinking of yeah, what? same yeah. Mm-hmm. I can I like I can picture things on Instagram right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do think we're like in yeah. a changing period. I guess like for the last couple years too because even like in the Arab world like Saudi women were just allowed to drive a couple years ago go to the movies on their own but yeah like you said Ahlam I think it's there's a lot of like very degrading stereotypes that make it hard for women even like in the Arab world to like speak up about it because oftentimes Mm -hmm. when you do you're like met with such consequences which makes people not want to speak out and that also has a lot to do with like collectivism and like how cultures like want to save face and if no one's saying anything you don't want to say anything it's a bit definitely yeah 
it's yeah actually just um like just recently on twitter um and well like really like social media but it started on twitter where some a lot of Somali women are coming out about their um their experiences with sexual assault um like within the Somali community and um and I don't know if you guys like seen it on Twitter but it's called they like hashtag the Somali Me Too movement um but yeah like a lot of these Somali women are coming out about the fact that they've been like sexually assaulted um by a lot of like Somali men and um and the response actually wasn't really like that good because like a lot of those like, a lot of these Somali men were like literally creating fake accounts and like saying like that their stories are fake and like trying to like frame like a lot of these Somali women and like try to like make them seem like they're like lying and that their stories are fake and that they're just you know saying or they're just sharing their stories for clout and like yeah it was like a huge mess because like sexual assault is like such a huge issue in our community but like it's like it's such a taboo topic like you can't even talk about it without being without being like harassed or like without being um, like invalidated too yeah exactly and like I don't don't know if I don't know if that exists like within um like the Arab culture or like the Middle Eastern culture but I would definitely assume so I mean I think in the same way you're describing like the way the men would like be really quick to think that oh these women are wrong or they're lying Mm -hmm. I see that like even with other things outside of like sexual assault like men in general are very quick to belittle Arab women or just kind of assume that they're not right or like they're not smart enough about a certain thing and especially with more taboo things I also Mm -hmm. think like as women of color it's really hard to speak up about things you know like sexual assault because Mm -hmm. we're already fetishized so much and sexualized you know even in like western cultures were fetishized a lot so i think that Mm -hmm. it's really difficult because like a lot of people see us as like wanting it already you know or like just being like different whereas like the me too movement while it was definitely valid it was mainly white women and so it was yeah them and their experiences because they're not objectified as much as we are you know like taken and really we're seen as like just like a very small part of our culture you know like the jasmine costume stuff like that you know yeah it it really degrades us and makes us be seen as objects rather than people which makes it even harder to like perpetuate you know not perpetuate rape culture and like speak up against it because we're already seen as objects from the beginning yeah very valid point I wanted to ask about um, the way you saw stereotypes function maybe differently when you were a kid versus now. Because I, I know, at least for me, the stereotypes that I saw, like people say about me, was like, you know, definitely more childish, obviously. It was more like, ew, like your people make gross food. It's all like smelly or whatever. The smell. Yeah. Curry smell. With that. Um, like, like, do you ride camels everywhere? Like that type of stuff. But then, as it got, as you get older, at least for me, it was more about like, you know, more submissive, quiet type of woman. Um, you know, you're not like really born here. You know, the maybe those types 
the stereotypes. I think it's got like more to a level about like personality and more about like how you behaved or how you presented yourself, less about more surface level stereotypes, at least for me. I mean, I did get a handful of those ones from childhood, but it's definitely like less. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So like, I feel like when I was younger, I feel like I was, I I feel like I was a little bit more sheltered like from the stereotypes. Like I didn't really know, like, I don't know, maybe because I was very like, I don't know, like, global, but, like, I didn't really know much about stereotypes, or I didn't really, like, think about how much, um, like, stereotypes would affect me. Like, as I get older, or, like, as I got older, like, I realized that, that when I was younger, I'll try to, like, fit into those stereotypes. Like, when I was younger, I used to be super quiet, and, like, and I was never really, like, outspoken or anything, or I, I don't know, I used to think I was, like, really dumb and stuff, and, like, I never really used to, like, push myself I don't know, I, like, I just thought I was, like, too slow or, like, too dumb and, like, too, and I, like, I was just completely different than, like, how I am now. I feel like now, like, as I, um, like, as I'm getting older, I, I feel like I'm able to advocate for myself and, like, I feel like I have a voice for myself and it took a lot of um, self-love and growth and, like, a lot of, like, mentorship from my sisters and, like, from, um, from different, like, programs, like, I was involved in, like, when I was in school um to really like achieve that and like it's something that like I'm still like you know uh, like I'm still unlearning a lot of um a lot of those those traits that I had when I was younger but yeah yeah for sure I actually felt like kind of the opposite kind of pressure when I was a kid because I mean I don't know about uh, your experiences often but I went to like Mm -hmm. a majority white school when I was in elementary school uh Ainsworth Mm -hmm. Elementary in Portland and I got a lot of, like, the Indian stereotypes, like, oh, you must mm-hmm. be good at math, you must be super smart, you must, you know, be, like, age of the head, and I actually got put every year sitting next to the only other Indian kid in class, mm-hmm. uh, and we would sit in the back, we were in the back of the class, and we would sit and have these conversations about, like, are we really that much smarter than them? Because they would always talk about how we were so much smarter than them and great at math. I suck at math. I've always been historically terrible at math, but I've always been told that I'm great at it and like pushed into math programs and science programs when really I was more of a creative, more into writing history and such, you know, politics. So it was like a really interesting experience for even my educators to kind of like assume because of stereotypes, which are not even really my people's stereotypes, that I was going to be good at a certain subset of uh, subjects in school. And I think that over time, I realized, like, no matter who you are, you're just going to have a certain, like, affinity for certain subjects in class, and it's not going to be based on your race or anything like that, you know, or, or your ethnicity. That doesn't even make sense. It doesn't have any basis, you know? I forgot the word for it, but I learned about it, like, recently. Like, there's a word for having... Um, kids perform in particular um, like Asian students like perform under the stereotype of like academic like excellence and always like exceeding particularly subjects I forgot the word for it but students definitely behave differently and like even differently on tests and stuff when you present them with stereotypes I remember there's this like one study they like did um with like black and white high school athletes, like football mm-hmm. players, and they like gave them a test and they said you perform well if you're like super smart, like you're just really good 
yeah you know like academically and then they got the test back and a majority of the white students did good but then they did it again another time they rephrased it oh if you're like super good at sports and those same black students that did bad or like lesser than the white students performed better than the white students so it seems very interesting to see the way like stereotypes are projected on students to make them feel like oh i have to act a certain way or maybe like try differently on assignments so well and that's really difficult because like i realized over time that it's it just discredits our work like to tell us that oh actually you did well on this test because you're just naturally good at this when really it's because we put in work you know we put in the same amount or more you know than our white counterparts because we have to because we're expected to because of all those things you know and twofold it also like lets anti-blackness roam in the educational like realm like they tell us basically we have to do extra well and then they tell them that they don't have to do well and that puts extra pressure on us and hurts black students you know definitely what is like your least favorite stereotype of particularly about like your community like one that just like really bothers you gets you really mad honestly the terrorist thing like the 9-11 thing and like i remember being in middle school and having people like ask me if my parents were part of 9-11 like that's just an odd thing to me i have no like my parents had no relation to that um my mom actually had to like move back for a little while after 9-11 because it was so bad because uh, my family was getting death threats and such because of it. Um, and just like Islamophobia is really difficult. It's really difficult to deal with. Uh, that stereotype definitely irks me, I think, because when I went to my middle school, West Sylvan, like that was used a lot against me. Yep. <laughs> Same here. And also people stereotype like all of the Arab world to be Muslim, which is not true. There's a lot of countries outside of the Arab world that have even higher Muslim populations like India for example and um Indonesia too but yeah I definitely relate I think the terrorist one it's my least favorite stereotype because I've gotten a handful of those you know it's not too unique at this point it's like I just hear that all the time it's like god I don't understand how Britain literally colonized (laughs) the entire world and they're not seen as terrorists but there's like you people who are Muslim who like retaliated against America during 9-11 and somehow now we're all seen as terrorists like that does not make any sense crazy yeah (laughs) it's wild yeah I definitely hate that one Ahlan what about you um for me I think my least favorite stereotype would probably be that that a lot of us are unsuccessful or like uneducated and the and the reason why I say that's my least favorite is because I feel like it it affects me a lot especially um like as a student and it's also affected my like older siblings a lot too like as you know they're like they've all graduated college and everything and um and also like as I mentioned earlier like as I grew up like I, I like I thought I was like stupid and like that's still like something that I'm unlearning like and you know it takes a lot of work to unlearn but yeah like a lot of Somalis like even like as I got older like I saw that there was a lot of um like Somalis like, who are, like doctors and like who are 
you know, who are doing like, who are like starting like nonprofit organizations, like, you know, who are in like really high like leadership positions, like who are like actually successful. And that has helped me like a lot and like kind of like made me realize like, oh, like, you know, like I have potential and like I could be a leader too and whatnot. So, yeah. yeah. Do you think um, like that stereotype, did you notice like teachers, I guess, try to, I guess, treat you differently than other like classmates or maybe think that like oh you didn't write this like for example did you was that something you were like always dealing with like for so long Mm -hmm. or maybe you noticed more so like in high school um well it's definitely something that I feel like I've always dealt with but I didn't notice like Mm -hmm. like still things that I'm kind of like noticing now like Zada like you mentioned that like you guys are always put like in the back of the classroom right yeah and like now that I think about it like I was always mean like my friend my only other friend who was also like a Somali um Somali Muslim girl shoot we were both always put in the back of the classroom too and like just like so like yeah like I feel like it's like I don't know like even like even like like now like when I'm in college like I always make sure that I'm always at the front like classroom or like I'm always, so like, do I you know, I always sit in front of the <laughs> yes because like I was always playing the back in middle school and high school like you know so like just like those like little things um I think like teachers constantly like questioning me like whether like I like actually did something or like whether like I actually like organized um something because you know I'm part of like a lot of different organizations like whenever like I tell like my like teachers like even like my professors that like I was a part of organizing something like I don't know, they seem kind of like shocked yeah I feel like it's something that I'll, I feel like I'll have to deal with it like like even like when I'm in like grad school and stuff because it's something sorry my cat's meowing <laughs> but um yeah I feel like it's something that I'm gonna have to deal with like for a really long time and like the only thing that I can really do is like just constantly advocate for myself and um put myself out there and like make sure that I'm not, you know, being disrespected or, or treated differently. Mm-hmm. But I have, like, what I've been hearing a lot, like, from what you're saying, it sounds like as of right now, you're, like, working to kind of, like, not internalize as much of the stereotypes or at least things that were like, more harmful to, you know, like, you and kind of, like, growing. Now you're, like, working to not necessarily depend on those things or feel like you should be a certain way and yeah I definitely kind of related to that in a different way I think I always felt like I wasn't like the stereotype and I always felt like bad because I am like slightly I'm not like too ladylike as my mom would describe me and she you know you got to be kept together and nice and like yeah boys like and like yeah I was never really like that I'm still you know kind of tomboyish you know, even with the way I dress, sometimes the way I act, my interests, like skating and, you know, maybe being more interested in art and stuff was a lot of the things outside of the stereotype and outside of like expectations. And I like always felt like bad about that. But then honestly, in the last like two few years, like I could really care less. <laughs> so I don't really care too much about that but definitely it's like more about a process as of recently being like okay with not be- being the stereotype within my own community and even like the way definitely. like other white students would see me like they would always be surprised by me like doing something or saying something and that would always be yeah. me because I don't like like why like where does that come from like why do you have to put me in a box before you already like 
know who I am and then try and make me feel bad for like being myself. Yeah. I know that that was a big, that's a big thing. Like just in like on my mom's side, because I'm biracial, but on my mom's side, you know, my family, especially female figures, my family are often like, I can't believe you're so bold or you say that you speak before you've spoken to, you know, you're loud, you're outspoken, you know, considered kind of rude. And it's like that. Like I'm very feminine. I dress feminine, but I'll still say what I want, you know, and that's kind of shocking. I think up to a lot of people in the Middle Eastern community is like women who are just willing to say whatever the hell they want to say. But our men have been doing it for centuries. So why can't we, you know, but I'm seen as like extra Westernized because of that belief. I don't think that should necessarily be a Western belief. I think that we should just be able to speak. Yeah, I didn't really think about that until you brought it up, how that, how, like, my own family would be like, oh, she's, like, so American, like, too American, like, that's not good, or it's, like, I'm just, you know, either being loud or just not, you know, maybe not being too poised or, you know. Right, it's seen as disrespectful. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Within your own communities, how do you think stereotypes are different, like, for men and women? And I guess this is more, like, in the hetero like normative there's a lot more things for like lgbtq within each respective community but i guess if we're talking about like cis men cis women in particular um i think in the middle eastern community like it's a, it's still a very popular belief that women are like the homemakers uh the caretakers the ones that take care of the children and the men are the ones that go out and work and uh like Athlon said like things are getting different you know, they're changing, especially with social media, but we've still got a long way to go, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And I think also, like, for, I guess, like, some of the differences between Somali men and women, well, for one, a lot of Somali women are, I guess, like, more visibly Muslim than, like, Somali men, you know, just, um, well, the ones that wear hijab. And I think for Somali women, like, we deal with, like, a lot of terrorists or like a lot of like I've been called terrorists a lot of times when I'm on like public transportation or like you know like at school like just like those kinds of things like I have things like thrown at me um like while walking so like I guess that's the stereotype um from white America and then I think for like within the smart community um like I mentioned before be quiet um and also like be like caretakers and like take care of of like the kids stay home like you get married like you kind of like have like a timeline like you know you, you go to school and then like get married and then once you have kids you just kind of stay at home and let your husband you know make the money and be the breadwinner and I think for I think some stereotypes like for Somali men I guess they well I mean I, this might be just like a men thing not like just like related to like culture but there's like a huge like toxic masculinity thing going on like I have a brother who's like my twin brother he's not like he's never been like super masculine and for him like growing up like he's always been like accused of like being like gay or like being um I don't know like too feminine and like he's about like sissy and like things like that so like there's also like that expectation like for smaller men to be um to like I don't know to be like really masculine and like and it I think that's also like rooted in like patriarchy and and sexism yeah. and things like that so yeah yeah patriarchy really just transcends all cultures and it's really it's it's super prominent like in our culture I know that like when I'm at my grandmother's house my brother does not have to get up the entire time like he will literally sit on the couch and he will be allowed to, um, like, 
eat food and play video games and watch TV and sleep and all this stuff. And I have to like cater around him, which doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. You know, he's like, you're 14. You don't need Mm -hmm. me to make you food. But there's like this expectation that the men are allowed to, you know, work and that that's all they have to do. And that we have to kind mm-hmm. of like hover around them at all times and we're only there to really be their maids or speak when spoken to. Exactly. And I think, exactly. um, yeah, I grew up, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. But no, I'll just say like, I grew up with, you know, six um, brothers and four sisters. So like, I think like just seeing all that, like, at, like as a child was like, I thought it was normal. And then like, mm. Now, now I'm like the only daughter in the house, and I'm like, yeah. like when I see like my mom like still kind of like allowing those kinds of things, like I'm just like no, like I'm not like sh- like my little brother, he's like what like 15, she'll be like go make like he'll be like go make me a sandwich or like she'll be like you know go make your little brother a sandwich. I'm like no, like he's grown as hell, he can get up and do that. And yes. if I say no, then she'll like he'll literally ask her and like she'll go do it. So it's like yeah. It's like it's like how are these how are these supposed how are these men supposed to like grow up? How like how are yeah. they gonna get married and like if, well because they don't know the how expectation to that their wives will be like that too. And exactly. I'm just like, oh hell no. I'm, I'm I just know like like that I'm not ever gonna be like raise my kids like that if I ever, yeah. you know, wanna have kids, you know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's it's really difficult because it feels like you can't really do anything about it, like like, you can't really, like, change your mom, or you can't really change, like, how, like, mm-hmm. things work structurally, like, in the home, you know, because mm-hmm. it's so heavily ingrained in yeah. our culture, and it's been going on. Oh, I'm a cut. Oh, <laughs> um, I, no, I was just saying that, like, um, that, yeah, it can, it can be really difficult to, um, to, like, really change things, because, you know, a lot of the, a lot of it is, like, generational, um, but, but the only, like, the only ways that, the only way that you can, I guess, like, actually change things, I guess, is, like, starting, like, with yourself, and, um, yeah, just starting with yourself, basically. Yeah, I agree about the whole, like, structure within the home thing, because, like, my parents will, like, say things now, and I'm, like, uh, no, I don't <laughs> agree with that, but, like, I'll call them out on it, but it just happens so many times, you think they'll I can't really change it, so I'll change it, like, in the next generation. And I think that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, definitely. Also, another thing I had to say about, like, the stereotypes for men in my community is, like, I almost don't want to, like, criticize my brother and men in the Middle Eastern community because I know that, like, in white America, they get criticized so much because, like, from a young age, they're criminalized for, you know things that their white peers do in school and stuff like that. And I think because of the whole like terrorist stereotype, uh, our men are criminalized like so much more than a lot of people, you know, like it's crazy, you know, other than like their white counterparts. Yeah, I agree. Definitely with the way you've seen stereotypes like function, um, how do you think you've seen them being used in media? I know, like, so far, I guess we a lot of the things we've said apply to definitely the media, but I think the media, like, just takes it, like, to another level of the way they use stereotypes. And, like, even, like, movies and books, like, not just, like, news, like, when we think of media, but how have you guys seen stereotypes being used in media? Like, I know Aladdin is just loaded with stereotypes. Zara 
that seemed to be a triggering word for you. you Aladdin. When I was a kid, I used to absolutely love Aladdin. And then I grew up and I realized that it was like so problematic in so many ways, you know, just starting off with the fact that, you know, Jasmine and Aladdin are kind of a mix, I think, of like Arab, Indian, Middle Eastern. Like they're nothing. They're just, they're just a good combo. Like nobody really, I don't know. We have a lot of princesses that are like very specifically meant to be like Swedish but then you know our brown princesses are like I don't know somewhere around there maybe Middle Eastern maybe Indian maybe Arab maybe I don't know something you know and and then just like the music is all about like um exotifying and fetishizing our cultures and like it's just culturally inappropriate in a lot of different ways um and then even with like the new Aladdin that just came out, the live action one. I know that people had a lot of problems with the actors that were chosen because they were so light because Jasmine was, you know, only biracial and I don't even know what her actual ethnicity was, but I don't think it was necessarily accurate. And just that like we have a whole industry of Bollywood actors and actresses that can dance and sing that are literally of the correct ethnicity and Disney decided to choose western actors anyways I think that was absolutely disrespectful definitely um I think for like or as like the media representation of like Somalis it's always been like I don't know it's always like the same things like it's either like somehow related to terrorism or um or like pirates or like being like a refugee like in like in a camp or something um i i wish there was more representation like of us like in different roles in uh, media like especially like in shows um i think just like black muslims in general like there needs to be more like more representation in media you know because like there's um recently like there's well like in the past like years like there's a lot of like muslim representation but not uh, black Muslims or like black immigrant Muslims and yeah I, I wish there was more um more roles that I created for us and I wish there was just you know I guess I well more positive roles I think like now you don't really see that yeah. um like but like recently there's also been like an influx of like smaller models and like a lot of smaller women in like the beauty world which is really nice and like there's a lot of like smaller like smaller women who are influencers like on Instagram and like so, like, that's really cool, but it would be cool to also see us in, mm-hmm. um, in shows. More, like, documentaries about us that isn't just, like, related to, like, being an immigrant. Um, but, like, also, like, just, like, our, I guess, like, more, I don't know, like, normal stuff. Yeah. In sense. Because I think, you know, like, like... we are pretty normal, so. Yeah. Or, sorry, what are you saying? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, you just, like, just want to be able to, like, see yourself or like other people yes. just like be normal like on the screen or like whatever yeah in shows because I feel like shows are very quick to like even when they do put like that one Arab or like black Muslim or Muslim or of any kind they like are they just like mess it up so badly like yes. I'm thinking of this one show it was I think it's like a firefighter show I don't know the clip like kind of went viral on social media because the woman like her hijab like flew off like while she was at a fire scene and like everyone else like came to like surround her and protect her like as she wrapped the hijab back on and everyone was like on social media being like oh my god like look how great this show is and like all these things and it's like 
God. The white savior complex yeah, is yeah, yeah. Um, so loud right now. So loud. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why can't also, they just be normal, like a teacher or like the main character? Like they always like, yeah. play up on the fact that like, oh, they're brown. Oh, they're black. Like, mm-hmm. and not, I think, I think there's ways to do it and not do it in such like a cringy, cheesy mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Yes, definitely. I think. Also, like, there's also a huge, um, like, fixation on hijab. But, like, the reality is that, like, a lot of, um, there's a lot of, like, smaller, no, a lot of, there's a lot of smaller Muslim women who don't, like, you know, wear the hijab and, like, who, who don't, I guess, like, fit the, the norm, what a smaller Muslim woman would look like. Yeah, so it'd be cool to see, um, to also see, like, to also see like how diverse um like somali somali women and just like somalis are um like other ways Mm -hmm. Um, also uh real quick just to go back sorry i'd be like a quick google but um with aladdin with like the original cartoon character like uh the original cartoon movie in arabian nights uh the lyrics were when they cut off your ear if they don't like your face it's barbaric but hey it's home um which is absolutely crazy because if you think about the amount of like white children that were exposed to that normally while watching Aladdin like that really normalizes the idea that we are barbaric or like violent terrorists i guess yeah yeah that just like extends to like both men and women like i think that stereotype i think it definitely applies to men more just because once again the stereotype of like women are like more quiet and they like don't do much but even then you'll still be met with stereotypes of being aggressive and like extreme and all these things yeah i was gonna say something too about aladdin the main character um aladdin he was like modeled off after um tom cruise like the guy who drew him he was like inspired by tom cruise's face and i was like they just like painted him brown and they called it good which is yikes i heard they did that with like pocahontas too a lot of people um say like she literally looks like like she has like white features and like looks like a white woman but they just painted her tan Mm -hmm. right and all the voice actors are white yeah so like how much representation is that really you know it's like they paint them brown and then just say hey that should be good for you in your whole culture Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know what are efforts do you think could be super beneficial i guess to reduce the use of the more harmful stereotypes i know one of the things we just mentioned was normalizing roles of just poc and you know definitely seems like one of the ways is definitely normalizing like that imagery in media and like really not trying to mess up the way they're represented um, whether that's like not having them represented enough and like just sticking them in the back or whether that's misinterpreting their identity and kind of portraying it in a wrong way. And in addition to that, what else do you think could work? Because I think that's definitely probably one of the biggest ways because a lot of people are more visual when it comes to stereotypes because one interaction with one person is really enough to live your life applying the same stereotype as long as the individual looks like the person where you, where that first stereotype was like engaged. So I definitely think the visual aspect of like changing media will help. Like, cause I'm thinking about like a lot of other, um, like Somali, like Somalis, especially like the diaspora, like how, how they might have internalized like a lot of stereotypes and they might not like realize like that 
you know, like they might not realize like how much stereotypes affect them and you know their mental health and um and how they like go about doing things and because like for me like I mentioned earlier like a lot of the stereotypes like I'm still like figuring like I'm still realizing like how they affected me like growing up and like I'm learning I'm trying to like unlearn like a lot of that so we really I think it would be really um it would be really beneficial if there was some kind of like I guess like if we if the Somali community like just talked about it more like about like stereotypes how they impact us and what we can do to like unlearn a lot of it like there needs to be some kind of like conversation about that because this is honestly like the first time I've ever like really had a conversation about how stereotypes like have affected me and like what kind of you know what kind of like well I guess affect me like in relation to like my ethnicity so like yeah like I feel like something that needs to be there needs to be more conversation about like more specifically within our community so we can unlearn a lot of it because I do think like the internalization of it is very prominent and it shows out in like other ways in like toxic and harmful ways and like even as a whole like in a majority of like POC communities and particularly like with um people with like immigrant backgrounds like any discussion of things that are like about internalizing you know racism or stereotypes they often like at least from my experience I've seen that they're like oh like that doesn't exist or like you're making it yeah. sound like it's a bigger thing than what it is and I'm like yeah oh, America's like a lot more than you would imagine so definitely more of like an openness to like thinking that especially like for first generation um yes seconds I think yeah. that another thing that's super super important is like using education to dismantle uh, these systems of oppression, like especially with stereotypes, because I know that my sophomore year when I took critical race studies at Lincoln, it really helped me have some of these really difficult conversations with my white peers and also with my other, you know, black, indigenous, people of color community. Um, and I think that that opened up those conversations for me and also opened up those conversations for a lot of my white counterparts. And additionally, just like having history taught to you at a young age, that's not just American history, because, you know, the Middle East, you know, and like Arab culture is super rich and like goes back so far. And to learn that, um, I think would help like teach kids from a young age that not all stereotypes are true because these people have been around for centuries. There's no way that we can just be one set of things, you know, and like different, just learning about different cultures, different communities, especially in uh, majority white places. Uh, students really need to learn that stuff. That's really important. Yeah, and people definitely need to, like, reduce the use of a confirmation bias, which is, like, if we have a stereotype about, you know, a certain group of people, we meet one person or we see this on the media, and very soon we, like, confirm that bias and then continue to, you know, go day to day thinking that it's true. And I think more people just need to be educated on, like, the psychology of that. Because when I learned that, I think, a year or two ago, that really just blew my mind like yeah just even like within myself and how I stereotype like other people race or even like just on like the personalities of like 
jobs and all these things like just stereotypes like in general it's just crazy to see how much of it is like you know really just controlled by our brain and how I think just learning about it I know for me at least changed the way I you know at least confronted myself when I would like realize I was doing it I'd be like wait I'm doing that thing I learned about in class and like I don't want to do that yeah that's the thing is there's like there's a lot of complexities to race relations that we don't understand because stereotypes start at such a young age, you know, and we have to like actively unlearn those things. And I think that Definitely. it would be more beneficial if we just taught kids from a young age about all this stuff, you know, so they didn't have to do the work that we have to do now to unlearn these things because they would never have to learn them in the first place. That concludes this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. This is definitely one of the first of a series I will do to talk more about stereotypes in particular with people of different identities. Um, The episode I will be posting next week will be about the science of stereotypes because I was just beginning to talk about how I think it's important to have that conversation and I have a whole research essay that I think is very relevant. That will be a very, very brief episode. I will post likely the next day and the episode after that, I hope to do another uh, episode on stereotypes, but with men of color. So thank you for listening.